Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the Retirement Specialists. And welcome to the Retirement Clinic on WISN and on WIBA in Madison. Welcome to the program. Jeff Kowal is here. Jeff is president of the Kowal Investment Group, the Retirement Specialist. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Paul. How are you? I'm fantastic. With Jeff today is Marie McFarlane. In fact, you hear Marie's voice on the market update, so they already know who you are and you've been on. Welcome back, Marie. Thank you. Welcome as long as we're on that topic, market reports, Jeff. That's right. In we Madison did. and Milwaukee. That's right. WISM Milwaukee and WIBA in Madison and WISM. We're right in the Mark Belling show, right at uh, 3 o'clock news block, right around 3.03, Then um, at 5 o'clock news block in Milwaukee. And then on WIBA in Madison, we're at 4.55 in the Vicki McKenna show uh, just before the news. Uh, what we try to do in that minute is try to give you an idea of what's driving the markets up or down that particular day. Is it corporate earnings, which uh, have been great lately? Yeah. 70% of the companies have or 75% of the companies have reported and 70% of them have exceeded expectations. So it's been a great quarter for corporate earnings. Is that driving the market? Is it interest rates? Is it a China trade deal? What's jo- driving jobs, the market? Jobs came out, right? Yeah, great jobs number. Yeah, great news lately. Yeah, so it so, makes makes your job a little bit easier, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot that goes into our job, and it's always good to see the markets go up for the benefit of our clients. No Absolutely. question about that. <laughs> and clients appreciate when the markets are going up. So, yeah, we do our part. Let's give a little background on the Kowal Investment Group. In fact, Marie, you're uh, an advisor, correct? correct? Correct. So, and I don't know how many employees you're up now. To Jeff, however, I know how many locations you have because you've added Racine recently. You've got the world headquarters in Waukesha. You've got Ozaukee County covered in Port Washington, Madison, Wisconsin, and Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, it's it's great. Uh, uh, wherever is convenient for you, if you have seven hundred fifty thousand dollars or more, or close to, or already in retirement, and serious about your retirement planning, give our office a call at the eight eight seven two six two five two two. 4040 or better yet, go online to the koalway.com, K-O-W-A-L, the koalway.com. You can press a button, get uh, an appointment with us. Uh, if, again, if you have $750,000 or more, uh, serious about your retirement planning, uh, we'd love to have uh, talk with you and schedule a meeting. And social media too. you know. Oh, yeah. I love maybe, the social media. Maybe Marie should talk more about <laughs> Marie, that. Marie, why don't you talk about the social media part? So you can find us at com, like Jeff had mentioned. And we're also on LinkedIn, Facebook, and we do tweet. So we're on Twitter as well. Who does all the tweets? Uh, Just, Alyssa. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, she does. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. I'm not in charge of that. <laughs> Every time Aaron Kowal is on, he's like, you guys always forget about the social media stuff. It's so not we, we just the website. <laughs> So we're all covered. So Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and of course, the com is the website. We do have the sexy segment coming up in our show. That's one of our features in the second half of the program. Uh, and I mentioned before, you know, Jeff being president of the Kowal Investment Group. Jeff, you are an investment advisor, rep, chartered life underwriter, accredited estate planner. This speaks very highly of your team. Part of the Barron's Top Financial Advisor list, 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18, and this year as well. So you're very proud of your staff. Oh, absolutely. The work you do. 
Yeah, uh, Financial Times Top 400 and Biz Times Future 50. We made uh, this is the third year, third and last year that we could make the Biz Times Future 50, fastest growing companies in Milwaukee. And this is the uh, third year we've made. We're very proud of that Biz Times is a great uh, publication. And so, yeah, we've done that. And that's a credit to our great team. Uh, also, our, our clients. We always put our clients' interests first, and uh, different publications, different organizations are recognizing that. Uh, we always act as a fiduciary, always put our clients' interests first. And with that, we felt that we would get accolades for it, and we did. I mentioned the Madison office. You've got an office in, in Middleton. We are on WIBA radio as well as WISN going back to 2001. That was the first show for the retirement yeah. clinic. So we're here to answer your questions, retirement questions, whatever you have on your mind. Simply put, are you in the right path? Are you on the right track for your retirement? So we take all sorts of questions on 401k plans, taxes, social security, estate planning. What's a Roth IRA and what's the difference, the tax ramifications? If you've got retirement-related questions, now is the time to call in. Lines are open. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is 414-799-1130. Okay, this is, we're going to start with something pretty uh, technical, which is going to be a lot of fun, but I'm going to start with something before that. ATM turns 50. Did you know that, Paul? ATM turns 50 years old? Yep. No. Yeah. Well, it's been that long? It's, it's oh, Jeff almost spilled his coffee. <laughs> it's in USA Today, and you know as USA Today never lies. No, they would never do that. <laughs> 50 years. So yeah, they turn 50 years old. Uh, if you need a little cash, an ATM is found just about at every corner, not only in your local bank, but tucked in drugstores, hotel lobbies, and even a nail salon. Um, uh, Labor Day marked the, the 50th anniversary. 1967, the first self-serve cash dispenser was opened at Barclays Bank outside of London. <laughs> do you remember when you started using ATMs? I do. I do. And, and what was your feeling? Uh, my, that it was weird. I mean, because for like, me. For me, it was like, okay, go ahead. No, for me, it was, I, I always had a cash check. I went to UW Oshkosh, so I needed cash. You go to the student union. You write the cash, the check out the cash, and you got 20 bucks, enough to take me to the bars and have some food, right? And then along came this, well, we called it the time card. The time yeah, that's machine, right. right. T-Y-M-E, take your money everywhere. And, and my thought was, it's awesome. I loved it. <laughs> she I, doesn't know I, about that. I've never heard of this. Stuff. Are this you serious? <laughs> I can't tell you the last time I went to the ATM. Um, are, is the ATM fading? She has to use cash, so, I'm yes. sure. No, okay. yeah, Venmo. <laughs> now we're getting somewhere, Marie. Will we? Are we moving toward a cashless society, and is the ATM going away? I don't think it's going away. Jeff. I don't think it's going away. But especially when you're overseas, you want to have foreign cash with you. True. But it's, but it's pretty interesting going up to the ATM because I, I, the time machine, take your money everywhere, uh, going up to a time machine. And, you know, first came to the United States in 1969, got more widely accepted in the early, not early 70s, mid-70s. But I remember going in, it's like, this is free money. You can go in there and it gives you money back. Until Except it tells you you don't have any. Until it gobbled up my card. And that was the thing. When it gobbled up my card a couple times, it's like, now I'm lost. No, really, I was going to race to the bank to put money in there so that I could you know, pay me my cash. It'll but suck your card right in, it right? Did. Yeah, it did at the time. So anyway, it turns 50 years old, so I thought that was kind of Wait a minute. Before we leave this ATM topic, Marie, have mm-hmm. you ever used a time or ATM machine? I have used an ATM machine, but probably less than 10 times. Wow. <laughs> Easily. Okay, so there's new, I mean, now, it, my gosh, there's so many ways to, what, what's, yeah, to pay, exactly. Um, I use Venmo a lot, uh, quick pay through the bank. Wow. Um, and credit card. 
I've never used Venmo oh, ever. Neither. But my kids talk about it all the time. <laughs> so that shows I'm getting old, Jim. If you, if you need those services, uh, Marie will be the one that will direct you to and you need those kinds of services I, I at the co-investment group. That, Marie. <laughs> it is, maybe it is a generational thing. Jeff, I still use ATM cards quite a bit. If I need cash, that's what I do. Yeah. And I always look for the one that's got no fee because I cannot. You know, if you're in Miller Park and you need cash. You got to pay like seven bucks to get yeah. your money out. That drives me nuts. Yep, yep. And you know where the ones are that that don't charge a fee for it as well. Yeah. But yeah, you and I like carrying some cash. I mean, you know, a couple hundred bucks, and you know, a lot of people, Aaron and, and Maria, probably are times when they have, don't have a buck in their a dollar. Or Cashless. Five. Cashless. I've, I've traveled without cash. I think you should always have some on you, though. Yes. That's, you just never know. Yes. Right. Yes. That's if, if you get some help from somebody, you know, whatever, your car breaks down. I'm always thinking of that's usually never happens. But if it does, you should have some cash on you. Yes. So 50 years old. Wow. All right. So there. Marie, why don't you start with your uh, QCDs? Yeah. So qualified charitable distributions. I felt it's a great topic today, especially since it feels a little more like the holidays <laughs> with the snow that happened. Yeah. Merry um, Halloween, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, So Qualified Charitable Distributions, QCDs for short, um, have become quite popular. They're a great tax break for charitably inclined IRA owners. Um, And essentially what it is, it's a distribution from your IRA that's directly payable to an eligible charity. um, And the amount of the QCD is excluded then from your income. A couple big things to know in regards to the QCD. It seems fairly straightforward. Um, but there are some pretty detailed and complex uh, things to it, I should say. Um, one of them being the age. So you do need to be 70 and a half in order to participate in a QCD. And that's literally 70 and six months of age, not like an RMD where you need to be that year of the is, RMD. Is that going to stay 70 and a half, Jeff, or that other proposal? If it goes to 72, it will probably go to 72, I would guess. Okay. But this is a, this is a key point because what the distinction is, um, you know, the IRS wants you to take your first distribution when you're 70 and a half from your IRA. So you think, okay, I'm, I'm 70 and a half this year. I'll start in January and take your distribution. It all counts towards your distribution. However, the QCD does not. You have to be 70 and a half. You can't be in the year you turn 70 and a half. So that's a very good distinction, Marie. Thanks. Um, the other big thing is um, the amount. So the annual amount, you actually can take a QCD up to 100000 Even if your RMD is only, let's say, 14000 for the year, you still can go up to the 100000 and it's per person. So a married couple could do 200000 in a year, but it has to be 100000 for each IRA. It couldn't be a combined 200000 from one IRA. So yeah, that's even if a you file big, a joint return, it has yep. to be out of that IRA. Pretty big distinction. Um, and the deadline for the QCD, so this is a big one too, is making sure you've done the QCD before December 31st of that year. You can't go back and do a prior year. Um, and you don't have until you file your taxes. You have to do it before December 31st to, to take advantage of the qualified charitable deduction. QCD, it's called. QCD. It's like a little rap there. QCD. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about rap. You know what, we're play, what music we're playing today? Uh, oh. Did Marie pick it out? Yes, yes. I did. Hmm. It ain't rap. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> no. Uh, okay. No, I'm kind of curious. Well, well don't don't give okay, it away. We'll, we'll wait. Till, yeah. <laughs> Part of the it. highlights of Jeff's show is the music, of course. <laughs> yeah, just that we wait. Out. You'll love it. Let <laughs> me interrupt, Marie. Go ahead. Finish <laughs> finish your uh, QCD. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is it's only from IRAs 
So QCDs you cannot do through a 401k. Um, it has to be from an IRA, and it's pre-tax dollars. So it wouldn't be something you would use in a Roth IRA. Um, so just to clarify that too, if uh, another good point, you can't do it from your 401k. But if you ha- if all your money is a 401k, if all of it's in there, you can roll your 401k into an IRA and then do it a QCD from your IRA. Correct. Uh, I did read in regards to QCDs, uh, donor advised funds do not qualify charitable gift annuities and other private foundations that are not entitled to receive QCDs. So you do have to make sure you qualify the charity in order to make sure that's a qualified charitable mm. distribution. Can't you're not a charity. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I don't count. Sorry, Paul. <laughs> Darn it. I've never heard of a QCD. Why not? Is that uh, you have, I have We've talked about it in the past. It's a way to get money. I out just of wasn't it. paying attention. <laughs> it could be. Well, it's for, it's only for those. It's for not a narrow area. It's for everybody over age 70 and a half. It has been only for the last few years. And what had happened was that they kept on renewing it every year and it would be a budget battle. And everybody wanted to do it because it's so attractive, uh, an option, but it it would it would be renewed every year, so now it's becoming more popular because it is made permanent. But the qualified charitable deduction, so so we got our IRAs, Jeff. We've got to sneak in a break uh, because when we come back, we're going to hear from Aaron Cowell. It's the business owner savings and security segment. It's called the Boss Minute, and literally, it's about a minute or so. And then after that, we turn to the phones. We'd love to take your retirement questions, or if you want to follow up on the QCDs or any questions, Jeff. Some people look at retirement as in okay, I. I've heard people say, I can't take my money with me. I hear that all the time. Meaning, let's spend all the money we have while we're on this planet, while we're healthy. That's fine. Some people want to leave a legacy. That's right. And everybody, and that's why it's it's personalized service. And the work we do at the Koal Investment Group is for each individual. And you're you're right. Someone is, you know, like, like it's not going to happen. But Jane joined the ski club, SKI, Spend Kids Inheritance. So you, can, so you can spend your kids' inheritance if you want, or you can preserve it and have a legacy that lasts for generations. Both are valid. Everybody's different. I want to join the ski club. I want to make sure my parents aren't allowed to join that. No. <laughs> Automatic decline. Is there room? Is there room in that ski club for us? There's Jeff? plenty of room, Paul. Let's, uh, let's break, and then we're going to come back. Jeff mentioned his website, thekowalway.com. Marie McFarland joins us on the program today from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. Your host is Jeff Kowal, and the number to call, 799-1130. That's our Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Retirement questions right now. 799-1130, and we'll be right back on WISN and WIBA. Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute, business owner's savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. As a small business owner, you are busy with your business. There are so many issues that demand your attention that by and large, your own planning comes last, and that's typical. A recent study from BMO found that only a fraction of the country's 28 million small business owners are prepared for retirement. They found that 75% of small business owners, and a small business is defined as a company with less than 500 employees, have saved less than $100,000 for retirement. That's a big problem. Owners are usually so focused on their business with so many demands on their time that they neglect their own planning. 
Another way that owners trip up is that they believe that their business is the best investment and has provided the most growth, so why bother investing in anything else? Believing in your business is terrific, but sometimes an owner can be blindsided either by disruption in their industry, changing government regulations, staff defections, or even declining faculties. We strongly believe in diversification. Many people that we see have the vast majority of their assets in their home, 401k, and a business. And the business owners many times do not have a 401k or some sort of retirement plan. It's crucial that a business owner takes steps to minimize risk in the event the business does not work out the way they want and the way that they may have envisioned. If the business is the only retirement plan and God forbid the business fails or ends up not being worth nearly what you thought, you really don't want to be stuck not being able to live the life you want. Only 20% of businesses listed for sale ever sell. So it may be worth it to take a look and see what steps can be taken in your situation to help alleviate some of the risk that is already inherent in owning and running a business. Work with someone who focuses on retirement and can help act as a catalyst to get the planning in place to add peace of mind that if your company is blindsided, your retirement won't be. Aaron Kowal with today's Boss Minute. Jeff, that stands for, that's an acronym, Boss, Business Owners Savings and Security. That's right. And uh, just what Aaron was talking about, we've had a lot of people recently who have sold their practices, sold their businesses. Um, and what do you do? How do you convert the cash that you get uh, into regular retirement income, money that you can't outlive? So we help our clients with that. So that's a big part of our business now. And so if you are a business owner and concerned about your retirement income, income in retirement, um, and you're close to selling your business, give us a call it's before you do it. It's an exciting time, not just it's retirement, exciting, yeah. but selling your business. Making you, you probably have been waiting decades for this day, right? But you have to look at it from a tax standpoint, from a uh, estate standpoint, from you know, and then you have to make sure you have your inheritance and your your wills and trust updated. Just a lot of things go into it, and then you know, last but not least, is make sure that when you do leave, that you have regular income coming out. Uh, so that again, that's what we help with our clients. It just gives you peace of mind knowing that you have enough money to last the rest of your life. Big part of what you do. Absolutely. Work of business owners. Yep. Um, Marie McFarlane is in studio today with Jeff Kowal. If you're just tuning into the retirement clinic, you are more than welcome to join us with comments, with questions about your own retirement, not just business owners. Jeff, you work with all kinds of people planning their retirement. Is it too late? Do you get people that come in and say, listen, I haven't planned at all. I have <clears throat> next to nothing for savings. It's too late to start. What would you say to that? We typically don't have... Uh, a lot of people coming in with that. Um, uh, fortunately, uh, it's not, it's not too late to start. If they're still working, then they have a great opportunity. And what what we try to do then is make sure that people get an automatic pilot, that you start savings aggressively, automatically every time you get a paycheck into your four hundred one k plan, and make sure that there are catch up provisions. That's a great lead into what I was going to talk about, Paul, because um, you know this is your your. 2019 contribution limits, some of those things have to be done uh, now and just so that you're aware of it. Um, for your 2019, for your 401k, the, the limit is $19,000 that you can put into your 401k. If you are 50 or better, uh, you can put in an additional $6,000. You can put $25,000 into your 401k. Uh, and then along with the IRA and Roth IRA, you can put $6,000 in if you're under age 50. Uh, additional thousand if you're if you're fifty or better, so you could put seven thousand dollars into your IRA or Roth IRA. No, I could have one of each, right? You can yeah. have one of each, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, what do you mean a Roth and an IRA? Yeah, you can have whatever you want, but the maximum contribution limit is seven thousand dollars. Okay, so you could put three thousand into a traditional thirty three thousand four thousand dollars into a Roth IRA, 
As long as you have you don't exceed the seven thousand dollar contribution limit. For example, I've got a four hundred one k plan here at work. I could have that, and I could have oh, absolutely an IRA on the side. That goes back to your original question: Are you ever, is it ever too late? If you can put in seven thousand dollars into your IRA, let's say you're over fifty, that you can put seven thousand dollars into your IRA, a Roth IRA, and you can put twenty five thousand dollars into your four hundred one k plan. Uh, it has, it's a matter of whether you can afford it or not. But let's say you can. That's thirty-two thousand. If both spouses are working, that's sixty-four thousand dollars a year it's that you can put in. Yeah. So if you have ten years left before you retire, you say, I'm, "Is it too late?" And you're fifty-five, and you don't have anything saved. If you put, if you could put away thirty-two thousand dollars a piece, sixty-four thousand dollars a year for a decade, that's six hundred forty thousand dollars by the time you hit age sixty-five. That's a chunk of change. That's with no earnings at all. And generally, we're making more money at that stage in our career. Not always. I know that's a generalization. Right. But generally, we're making a little bit more the older we are, right? That's right. So that's they, not including the... Uh, oh, we got Spencer Flickmarie's... Oh, there, there you go. go. <laughs> now I'm back. There you are. <laughs> and that's not including um, employer contributions either. Correct, yeah. So Great point. So in their 401k, they could have more than 25000 going into it. Oh, we talk about matching all the time, Jeff, and just that opportunity. That's right. You don't want to pass on that. You guys want to take a call or two here? Sure. Um, it is uh, the Retirement Clinic. You can call in with any question that you have about your retirement, your planning, your financial plan, your future. George is calling from Muskego. Good morning. morning yes, Good morning. Uh, I have a question about investing uh, extra money in a life insurance policy. The experts I've heard told us not to do it. Uh, buy term insurance and invest a difference, you know, in a mutual fund or something. Uh, I I have the reason for asking this question, but have you ever heard of some of the multi-level marketing uh, systems and uh, schemes that that uh, entice people to invest in their life insurance policies? What do you think about yeah, that? Yeah, that used to be pretty uh, – there used to be a company in Wauwatosa. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. There was one guy in particular. He ended up – it was a multi-level marketing plan. But you asked two questions there. That one I would probably avoid, uh, but there are good uh, policies. I, I tend to like whole life policies. Um, I like term insurance as well. I think you cover the need. So if you have a need for a half million dollars or if you have a need for $2 million of insurance, you cover the need regardless of how you can do it, whether it's whole life insurance, universal life, uh, uh, variable universal, or term insurance. You cover the need first. I like permanent insurance, so the person you're talking to isn't necessarily steering you wrong because I have people in their 50s, 60s, and 70s that are buying life insurance. Initially, you buy the life insurance to cover mortgage and because you have young kids. Later on, you keep the insurance. Um, because you you may have estate issues or you may not, you know, I, I look at my situation with my wife. She's put up with me for 50, 45 years. Wow. Actually, 40, <laughs> wow. 41 right. years of marriage plus <laughs> eight years dating. So anyway, so. So she's hey, what do you mean? By that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so she so so if she gets a little extra money, life insurance always has what's called, especially whole life insurance has what's called the inevitable gain. Chances of us dying are hundred percent, hundred percent. So we are going to die. And I was talking with somebody just this morning where you know the most you'll ever put into a whole life insurance policy is about thirty percent. So if it's a a uh, $500,000 policy, generally the most you'll ever put into it is about $150,000. Uh, 
I like whole life insurance. I don't think that you look at it necessarily as an alternative to you know buy term and invest the difference. I think they're two different needs. What's the most efficient way of handling life insurance? Is it with term insurance or is it with permanent insurance? And that's where you go with a, to a professional who handles that all the time. Can I ask a life insurance 101 basic question? I sure. know we've probably covered this, but the difference between whole and term life insurance. Can you explain and that? And then also IUL. That's another component. The IULs are not the uh, whole life, and they're not term. The index, again. index universal life. Yeah. yeah. Uh, again, I I'm not always a big fan of those because there are some hidden charges, and a lot of times they'll yeah. give you bonuses in those. Um, where you might have anywhere from twelve to fifteen years of surrender charges in that. I'd be a little bit careful with those. That you know, uh, they say that it's linked to an index, and and, and IUL is an index. Uh, universal life policy, which allows you to f- have flexible premiums into it, but it's linked to an index. But as as you probably have learned, if you've talked about this a little bit, if the S and P five hundred goes up thirty percent, your account, your life insurance policy doesn't go up thirty percent. It's usually capped at about six percent or eight percent, and now they have participation limits in the capped portion of it. So I say, we'll give you ten percent, but if the market goes up thirty percent, you'll get fifty percent of that ten percent. So you get five percent. So there are participation rates in those as well. They're pretty confusing. A lot of times they're long surrender charges. I'd be a little bit careful with that, those. A straight uh, universal variable life policy, whole life policies, universal life, those are all good ty- types of mm. permanent insurance. I like all of those. Does that help, George? Yes, that helped. Thank you. Good all right. Stuff. Thanks a lot. Good question. You can give our office a call, too, and I can walk you through those in more detail if you'd like. Life insurance, Jeff, at some point as you age, do people generally drop their life insurance policies? House is paid for. <laughs> it, kids are adults. I am now, let's just say, eighty years old. Yep, I think that's a valid question. It all depends on your need at that time. And if you th- if you if you run the numbers and you have enough money, sure you can drop it. Again, I like the fact that especially if you have an old policy, uh, and some of the older ones, you you've locked in lower rates. The premiums are still low. And, you know, if somebody ends up getting a little bit extra money because you pass away, that's okay. That's a good thing. Yeah. That's not that. So, but but so, to, to, so I always worry about um, dropping a policy. Um, you know, but but sometimes there's good reason for it. If you yeah. have enough money, if you've accumulated enough wealth, a lot of times you'd be using it for uh, preserving your estate. Well, now the estate tax exemption is $11 million or something for a couple. So it's it's still, you don't have to worry about, for a lot of people, you don't have to worry about it. And it can be an important piece when you retire to help you get through the first like five years after retirement because that's pretty impactful if someone passes right after they retire. Oh, yeah. A lot of things change, and so life insurance could be an important planning piece after and, retirement. And death is not, you said 100% we're all going to die. We just don't know when. Yeah. yeah. And the estate tax exemption is 11, 11.4 million now. The rate is 40% after that. So if you have more than $11 million of assets that, and some of it could be taxed, that's a reason to hang on to the life insurance as well because that comes in uh, income tax-free and if set up properly, it can potentially be estate tax-free as well. So there's good reasons to keep it, you know, but every, every situation is different. So that was a good call, a good question. Life insurance is definitely, Maria, part of our retirement plan, correct? Correct. Yep. If people want to chime in on that or have follow-up questions, Jeff, we're going to keep lines open. We'll get back to the phone in a bit. Again, 799-1130 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You've got some topics you wanted to cover well, a today. a couple things I wanted to cover yet. Um, one was about the jobs report yesterday, and we talk about this month after month. Um, uh, uh, 128,000 new jobs were created in October, 
Economists, I love this. They <laughs> estimated 75,000, so that's one. But not only that, the, the government revised up the numbers of jobs created in August and September by a total of 95,000. That's what you don't hear about with with this administration. We're at full employment, though, Jeff. We're, those are shockingly high numbers, in my are, opinion, right? You're absolutely right. Those are high numbers. Uh, but again, they were revised upwards. In the last administration, you know, they'd report a number, and then over the next two months, they'd revise them downward. This, they report a number. So in this case, it was 128,000. Last month, it was 137,000. So for September, it was 137,000. Well, August and September were revised upward by 95,000 jobs. So they do a recalculation and say, oops, we missed 95,000 jobs. So it's actually better. The report is better than you, what you might have heard. The uh, unemployment, what were you going to ask, Paul? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just amazed at how many, I was shocked at that number yesterday. Yeah. I think everybody was when we're yes. in full employment. How full can empl- you, in one month, how can you have add that many jobs? Yeah, you, you kind of think you're not going to have three and 400,000 jobs a month. You can't because everybody's working already. <laughs> These are everybody that wants a job, Jeff. There's yeah. always going to, and that's where un, where's unemployment at right now. 3.6%. That's it, okay. ticked up. Because they said that I think it was, if I remember the number correctly, it was a hundred, like hundred twenty-five thousand new people entered the workforce. So people that had given up looking actually came into the workforce, and that because of that that uh, number goes up, it actually increases the ratio. So they, there's actually it jumped up, ticked up from three point five percent to three point six percent unemployment rate. But wages also went up two point two percent. Uh, in October, so See, wages, that's another good thing. Wages are going up. Yeah. This is going to be a good Christmas for a lot of people because a lot of people are working. This is we're heading into that season of the year when people are going to be spending money. They, they, people are working; they have more money to spend. That's great. Someday we're <laughs> going to look back and say, "Those are the good old days." Remember that strong economy, Jeff. It doesn't mean it's going to, you know, that we're going to see bad times ahead. But all economies go up and down, right? They're cyclical. Yep. Um, and, and that's a, a couple other articles that were out yesterday um, said, how does the Fed react or how does how do markets react uh, when we've had uh, three interest rate uh, decreases? Mm-hmm. And generally they're saying it's 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 higher. There's uh, you know, I got to be careful with that. There's no guarantee that it's going to be, you know, do that. Here's a disclaimer from Jeff. That's right. That's my (laughs) disclaimer. Make sure that you that you know that. But historically, the markets go up after uh, again heading into the end of the year. November and December are generally good months. Last month, last year, uh, markets got creamed in December, so it doesn't always hold. Christmas Eve was the lowest point, right? Yeah. Yep. Good memory, Paul. I remember, and ever since it's been kind of an upward. Climb. Yep, volatile this year, but pretty out, pretty pretty much upward. And about seventy percent of the S and P five hundred companies have reported quarterly numbers, and seventy five percent of those have better have reported <laughs> better than expected earnings. They say better than feared earnings. You think there's a bias there? Better than feared. <laughs> do, I, do I think there's a bias? Yes. Uh, better than expected earnings, but 75%. Can you imagine if the economy was in shambles, Jeff, if everything was just the opposite of what we're talking about? Oh, they about? could pile on you, Bill. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's all right. You know. But it's good. Uh, uh, and just one, one last thing on what Marie was talking about with qualified charitable uh, distributions. Um, this is from Kiplinger's. It says, can a qualified charitable distribution be made to more than one charitable organization? Yes. You can make QCDs of varying amounts to more than one charitable organization each year. 
IRA owners 70 and a half or older can give up to $100,000 a year. This is what Marie was talking about. Directly from their IRA to qualified charities. And you can split that up among any number of charities. And we do that for clients all the time. And it, helped, and it does satisfy your required minimum distribution as well. Marie McFarland joins your host, Jeff Kowal. This is WISN and WIBA's Retirement Clinic. Let's go back to the phone calls. Still to come is a sexy segment. Uh, we'll get to that later in the hour. Right now, it's Tom from Hales Corners. Good morning. Hi, Tom. Hi. I was just, uh, you said that it was an $11 million federal tax exemption. What is it for the state? That's a good question. Uh, it's, I think it's more than the 650000 You know, I got to look that up. I don't know. Get that Google machine fired yeah, up, Marie. Marie, look that up. What's, <laughs> what's, the, what's the state, state tax exemption uh, for the state of Wisconsin? It's been so long since we looked at that. Well, as long as we're on it, let's yeah. just cover this again. The Fed is what, Jeff? Uh, $11.4 million. Okay. And uh, we'll, we'll get the state tax one for you. Is that... Do you have any other questions? <laughs> yeah, I had a question on... Uh... You know, do you really need a will if you have everything either under a POD or a TOD? It all depends. Um, and that, that, I think, is a good question, too. Uh, uh, if, what you're saying is that if you have everything in POD or TOD, if you have beneficiaries named that paid on death or transfer on death, if you have beneficiary designation so that everything goes directly to a named beneficiary, do you really need a will? Maybe not. If you the, the reason you would need a will and or a trust, if you wanted to make special bequests, if you want, had grandkids or grandkids. Beneficiaries. Beneficiary designations. If you wanted to uh, dole out money, if you, let's say you had a grandchild and you didn't want them to get all the money at one time, um, that would be a reason why you would want to uh, have a will or a trust. That would be a way to more easily facilitate that. But if, if, if what you describe is everybody, you have beneficiary designations on everything, everything's in order, it's relatively simple, do you need a will? Probably not. All right. Okay. Thank you. I'm Thank sorry. You. I got my own mic on now. And uh, stay listening to the show, Tom. We're going to do the research for you and get you an answer before 11 o'clock, okay? Yep. Very good. Thanks. Good stuff. Yeah, good question. Okay, we got a bunch of calls I want to get in before our sexy segment. This is from Madison. Jim is next up on the Retirement Clinic. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. Um, quick question. I'm a retired government worker. And when I retired, my sick leave was converted into cash and placed in a health reimbursement account. Okay. The problem with the account is that I can't invest the money. It's sitting in a money market, and actually the fees are more than what I'm making with uh, the interest rate. I was told I cannot move the money out of the account. It can only go towards health uh, reimbursement. Yeah. Is that true that I cannot move it into some other kind of account? You know, that's whether the, it's a HS or whether it's a health savings account where I have more control over it. That's probably the case. Uh, the plan document is going to be what controls that. So if the plan document says you can't move it, you can't move it. Right. Same thing with four hundred one ks and other things. You think that there are some general rules, but uh, the the plan document will specifically say whether you could do certain things or not. Same thing with your health reimbursement account. Yeah, I was told both by the company and by my former employer that I can't move it, but I didn't know if there was a if there was an end around way of doing it legally or not. Yeah, that's an HRA, not an yeah HSA. health reimbursement account. It's a company benefit. 
Okay, okay. thanks for thanks for the All call, right. Jim. Good luck with that. Give, me a, give my office a call if you have a question. We have an answer on the Wisconsin estate tax. I do. The Wisconsin does not have an estate tax. A federal estate tax may apply if your estate is large enough. The federal estate tax has an exemption of 11.4. The exemption is portable, so one spouse can pass it on. So in general, there's not an estate tax, but there, um, uh, the federal estate tax uh, would apply. We are one of 38 states without an estate tax, yeah. so we're not alone. Yeah, but the federal estate, it says the federal estate tax may apply. So if your estate is over 11.4 million, chances are they're going to get you with that. Let's get the Judy calling from Hills Corners. Hi, By Judy. the way, Jim, Hi, that was a good question, Jim. Hi, Judy. Yeah, thank you, Jim. Oh, hey, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. I have a quick question about, the, the similar to the previous caller, I have a 457B, and apparently my the the company that runs it or whatever, uh, it has been transferred a couple of times as the company changed hands, but they won't let me take out more than the RMD. Is that possible? Uh, is it possible? Um, if you're, if you're, are you still active in the plan? Well, I've been retired for six years. So the, the plan was with one company when I retired, then the business was sold and it went to two different companies handling it, and it's another company that actually where people work. But I've been retired for six years. In a lot of 457 plans, you can move those to an IRA. So I would look at doing that. Did you have a comment on Marie? Yeah, that's what I was going to say too, because then you have more control over how yes. much you take out and what what you're doing with it. Yeah, is it possible that, and I haven't gotten a definitive answer, and I've been going on this for months, but they say that I signed a paper saying, you know, I and this is what I wanted to take out. Now, I, I think that's a little bit buyer beware, because what huh. do you know? You know, when well, you're retiring, but you should hands how many times? Yeah, but you you should be able to change that. You should have control over that, and if not, you should be able to move it. Yeah, and some of them I do know have like limits, like you can only do it for one year or like every year you can only do one withdrawal. So maybe that's what happened is you signed up for the yearly and now you can't change that, but you should be able to elect it every year. Um, They just say it's the RMD every year. And I'm saying I want more than the RMD. It's my money. A 457 is deferred. Yeah, you should be able to get. You should be able to get at that. So um, I should fight for it, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I give our office a call. Marie who could probably help you with that too. Definitely. Marie McFarland. Just ask for Marie when you call. Yeah, everybody ask for Marie. There you go. <laughs> and here's the phone number to call Marie at. Uh, this is for the Kowal Investment Group two six two five two two forty forty. 522-4040. As we mentioned, the thecowellway.com is a great resource. They're on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter. When we come back... Wait, is this more Britney Spears? Oh, so good. <laughs> <laughs> so good. And you're the only one who thinks that. <laughs> I'm okay with some Britney. I'm okay. okay. Britney Spears, chosen by Marie McFarland yes. uh, as bumper music today. We're going to come back with the sexy segment on WISN and WIBA. Stay tuned. Well, Jeff, it's been a busy retirement clinic with Marie McFarland, Jeff Kowal, I'm Paul Cronforce. We only have a few minutes for this segment, but we never skip the sexy segment. That's right. This show is for everybody. This 
particular segment is wealth management preservation. It's for those with a million dollars or more. And, you know, we've been saying it for a decade now, a million isn't what it used to be. But and a lot of people don't even realize that they have a million dollars of assets. If you have a $500,000 home and $500,000 in your retirement plan, you're at a million dollars. If you have other investments, if you have a second home, if you get an inheritance, if you own a business, you may be at $5 million, $10 million, $20 million or more. This segment is for you. Um, this is uh, uh, from One America News Network. It's, it's kind of an interesting, uh, uh, we're, we're starting to tap into that a little bit. Um, and this talks about uh, your money. Charitable granting soars even as tax changes transform giving. So it's with the tax law changes, despite tax reforms that changed an important incentive for giving for charities last year, Americans are still giving away record amounts and, and some from funds that they put aside for previous donations. Fidelity is one of them. The Fidelity Charitable could tally up to a billion dollars in giving before the end of 2019, uh, which would be a record high for them. Massing give, this massive giving belies deep behavioral and demographic changes going on in the philanthropic world that have nonprofit organizations worried nonetheless. With the tax law changes, here, let's go back to that. There's still a tax deduction for charitable giving on U.S. tax return, but many millions fewer people now itemize because they doubled the standard deduction. So the incentive to give at the end of the year for a tax deduction a lot of times is lost because a lot of people are doing charitable or, or uh, uh yeah, giving the charities uh, aren't getting a tax deduction for it, but that's it. But it talks about the good heart of of, of people that they're still giving that that charitable giving is still up, even though they may not be able to uh, get a tax deduction for it. The long term impact of this change will be greatest on the community organizations that count on small uh, local donations and now having trouble staying afloat. Um, National Phil- Phil- philanthropic trust says, I know that a lot of small organizations are nervous. It's hard to know what kind of programs to offer. Most Americans donate directly to their causes uh, and granting may be higher in 2019 because the stock market, while volatile, is up over last year. So when people are making money, they've got more money in their pocket, they're more willing to part with it and give it to charities. That's That's a big point. Also, some people may have made a larger-than-usual donation in 2018 in order to push them over the standard deduction limit and will skip a year or two. It's known as bunching. So you double up on your uh, all the deductions you can get, pile them all in one year, and be able to hit the threshold. Most people are still figuring out how the tax law changes are impacting their finance, so it could take up to three years before this factor settles. But long-term, people are still generous. They still care about other human beings. They're given to charities of all different human beings, and I should say haws and things like that as well. Animal charities. They're given to charities. Yeah, good stuff. And I know it's not Britney Spears' music. Sorry, Marie. But (laughs) this music. Yeah, thanks. That was today's sexy segment. We're going to be back with some final comments from Jeff and Marie on today's Retirement Clinic, WISN and WIBA. Thank you for tuning in once again to the Retirement Clinic. Jeff Kowal and Marie McFarling, great job. Thank you so much for your time, Jeff. Thanks if you're a do-it-yourselfer or if you have assets scarred all over, if you're a GE employee that uh, has to make a decision on your retirement planning, if you're close to or already in retirement, get on the kowalway.com, click the button, and come on and see us. How's that, Paul? That's fantastic. Marie, <laughs> that, thank you. You're on social yes. media. Yes, social media. So Facebook, we tweet on Twitter and LinkedIn. 
That's awesome. TheKowalWay.com. The phone number to call is 262-522-4040. Thanks for tuning in. Jeff Marie, have a great weekend. Thanks, you too, Paul. Thanks so much. The Retirement Clinic on WISN and WIBA. Forty forty or the Aaron Smithner is a financial advisor offering securities through Raymond James Financial Services Inc. Member FINRA SIPC.